0: Okay, yes, I believe my friends that it is not a coincidence that we are here today and I believe it's not a coincidence that you're even sitting at this workshop, even though for you it might just have been a a random choice that you made, because um, I assume that all of you love God, is that correct? Can we assume that safely? I think that's why you're here at this conference anyway. And you know, it says in Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 28, we'll not go there now, but I'll just quote it for you, that all things work for good to those who love God. So if you love God, everything will work for good. Sometimes it's difficult for us to, to, to realize this. Sometimes we go through, char- go through trials and we have difficulties and we don't see God's, um, God's hand in this, but we can have confidence because... God's word promises it that everything works for our good if we love God. Of course, so I believe it's not a coincidence that you have come here. And um, before we we'll go into to this study, which is a, which will be a practical study, we're going to look at some practical issues. And um, before we do that, we need to establish some fundamentals. Because if we don't get these things clear in our minds, I think some of us maybe will, yeah, it'll not be so so difficult, it'll not be so easy to to understand. I also have to say that I'm from Denmark, and uh, I am not a native English speaking person. So if there'll be some Danish words, or some Norwegian words, or even some Swedish words, there'll not be many of those. But if I'll stumble, you have to to, uh, have mercy. Okay, I'm sure you understand that, all of you. Okay, the first thing we have to establish is, let's go to Psalms chapter 84. I hope you all brought your Bibles. Psalms chapter 84. We're going to go through a quick Bible study, and then we're going to dive into our subject today, which is Christian recreation. Psalms chapter 84, verse 11. Do all of you have it here?
1: Psalms
0: 84 verse 11, yes. I could have brought it on the screen, but I like, when you, I like when we get opportunity to use our sword a little bit. We need to practice, you know, this is a warfare. Psalms 84 verse 11, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly now friends what does this what does this mean that God will withhold no good thing from us can we assume that if God tells us that there are some things that we shouldn't do what does that mean if God says so if God tells you in your life there's something that is not good for you you have to put it away what is that thing then from this verse it's something bad, it's something bad. exactly do you see that because God will withhold no good thing from us. So, everything that will work for our good, God will make sure that we get it. Do you understand that from this verse? Is that a correct understanding? Okay.
2: Well, sometimes God asks us, put even good things away to get something better. Yes,
0: yes, yes. It is true. It is true. Let's go to Psalms chapter 34, because we want to hammer this home. Psalms chapter no, 34 psalms chapter 34 and there we will read from verse 9 to 10 34 verse 9 to 10 it says here "O fear the lord ye saints for there is no want to them that fear him the young lions do lack and suffer hunger but they that seek the lord shall not want any good thing is that the same thought yes or no expressed in this verse it's the same thought no good thing will God withhold from us. Even the young lions, this is, this is the, the psalmist making the point, the young lions, you know, they are strong. They are in their best age, okay? They are most qualified to survive, but even the young lions, they suffer hunger sometimes. But to them that fear God, God will withhold no good thing, okay? You might wonder why I'm taking this point and stressing it so much, but you'll, you'll see that later in our presentation why okay um, one last text for this point jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 (coughs) jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 it says here and this is a well-known verse for i know the thoughts that i think towards you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end okay this verse is incredible i don't know how many of you know what's taking place in chapter uh, 29 but chapter 29 is a letter that jeremiah writes to the captive israelites in babylon and these captives israelites why are they captive is it because they've been faithful or because they've been unfaithful it's because they've been unfaithful okay so these are ungodly. These are apostatized. And look what he writes. Look what God says. When God is thinking about the Israelites, even in Babylon, what kind of thoughts are God thinking towards these people? Well, He's thinking God, thoughts of peace and not of evil. What do you think, what do you think the kinds of thoughts God is thinking about us? Do you think it's any different? Do you think God is thinking thoughts of peace even towards us? You know, what I want to... To to um, to stress here is that the fact that the Bible represents that God has our best in mind. He has our best in mind, all the time. No matter what happens, God has our best in mind, and that is why the Bible is full of advice how we can be saved. Okay. Because we might think, you know, the best thing for me would be to you know get a nice education and earn a lot of money and be nice to people and you know get a beautiful wife and get five children or maybe not five but get some some, you know get a life and and have a good time we think ah, that must be good for me but you know what God knows he knows what really is good for us and what is really good for us is not this life on earth it is the life in heaven eternal life together with him for all eternity eternal bliss eternal joy So, God, he has our greatest good in mind. Now, I can stand here all day and tell you about this. But the question is, do we believe that? Is that a good question? Because sometimes it doesn't look like God always has our good in mind. Is that true? That has been true in my life. I bet it is also true in your life sometimes. So... Let me just uh, let me just give an example. Let me let me just say that one of one of you who have never seen Swedish money. If I if you come to me and I give you a Swedish one hundred krona bill, okay, and I tell you this money is worth something. Okay, I don't know exactly what it's worth, but this money you can use. If you go to the shop and you show Hmm. them this money, they will give you something. You can use this money for something. Okay. I tell you that. But imagine then that you 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 choose to think, you know, this guy, this guy is, is I don't trust this guy. This guy is, is, is a little bit strange. So I'll not I'll not this this money it could be, you know, it could be fake money. I, I don't believe it. Will that belief of yours have an influence on your ability to use this money? Will it? If will you go shop? Will you go shopping? If you don't, if you don't believe that the money is real, you might go shopping. So, will this money do you any good? Now, why will it not do you any good? Because you did not believe that it would do you any good. Do you understand? The money can be worth a million dollars if you don't believe it. It will have no practical influence. Do you see? The same thing is with God's love. If we don't believe that what he has said is true it will have no influence in our lives because we will not act upon it do you understand what I mean? I have the example of Noah this is the most incredible example you can read about it in in Hebrews chapter 11 Noah, he gets there is no Bible he cannot read it anywhere he gets the message from God now you have to go you have to use all your savings and you have to spend 120 years building a big thing out on the plane and there's there's no you know there were no oceans at that time LYC writes so there's there's even a possibility that there would have been nowhere to put this boat and he had to use all his time all his money and imagine what the other people what the other people said when he started you know when he showed them the, the draft for this building <coughs> can you imagine what they said what do you think they said they said are you are you sick do you, mean, do you need a doctor, maybe? I think I will call the doctor. Isn't that, isn't, do you, don't you think they would think that like that? They, rit- writes it. they ridiculed him for all these years. Do you think there was not some days where Noah, he thought to himself, hmm, this, this message from God, hmm, it might have been a bad dream. I mean, It might have been, you know, hallucinations. Why would I do this? Why would I be so stupid? Why would I be... The the laugh of all the the world. Can can you see how strong Noah's faith was? Then when God says it, He will do it. Is that true? If Noah had not been so extremely faithful, would we we have been here today? We don't know about that. God might have found some other way, but for sure Noah would not have survived. Is that true? Yeah. So so. My my point here is. When we read something in the Bible, it is very important that we don't only read it and understand it intellectually. You can understand everything intellectually. You have to be able to believe it to the point that you are willing to act upon it. Okay, this is a very important point. Anyway, let's go on a little bit. Are you following so far? Am I just speaking out in the dark? Okay, that's good. Next point. Now we have established that God is good, and God only wants our best. Now we'll look at another guy. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Okay, let's see. we read the first few first few verses, but I just want to say a short thing before that. Another thing that is very important to understand before we start to talk about Christian recreation is that God is good and the devil is evil. Now you all knew that probably. But the devil is evil. And you know another thing about the devil? The devil is an expert in making bad things look this is what he's an expert in can you imagine the fall in Eden Eve eating of the fruit an innocent act we might we might assume it was pr- this is probably the, the sin in Eden was probably the, the worst disaster in the history of the universe I don't know if it was the worst one but it was one of the worst ones can we agree about that mm. all the misery of this world for 6,000 years can be traced back to then to that one sin is that true so but if we go to to, uh, to genesis chapter 3 we can see how attractive the devil made the temptation look what did he say to the woman he said this fruit will make you wise you'll be like god you will come unto a new a new stage okay you'll be wiser you'll get a new understanding A new world will open before you. This is good for you. Is that true? Is that what he said? The
1: very first thing he said was, what did God say? Exactly. That's true. He asked uh,
3: before the authority of
0: God. Exactly. Before the devil can come to us, he has to destroy our (coughs) confidence in God. That's true. That's very true. But the devil made this horrible sin look extremely attractive. And here, there's another uh, example here in, in Genesis chapter 6. We read from uh, verse 1 to verse number 2. It says here, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the, faith, on, the f- on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Here we have a description of the rapid downfall of the antediluvian race. This is how it happened. This is how the universal apostasy happened that made the flood necessary. And what, how did it happen? Mm. It says that the sons, in verse 2, the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Can you answer me? The sons of God. Is that angels? God people. Okay. That's true. It al- Actually, it also... S- Sometimes it's also used as, as angels in the Bible, but here you can see that it is sons of God. These were the righteous people. Okay, these were the descendants of Seth and of Adam. <coughs> and the daughters of men, who were they? You know that? Otherwise, I'll tell you. But I have to. I want to give you the chance first.
2: Is there anyone who is questioning that they wouldn't be humans? Yeah, I've.
0: Yeah, I've 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 read I've read some, some strange interpretations of this text. Okay, but I haven't
1: read those. No. except the white uh, explanations in the Bible, we don't find any clues that may actually sustain one or another.
0: Uh huh. About who the Son of God might be exactly, Yeah.
1: as you said, it, uh, the Hebrew term uh, translated in, uh, as angel sometimes. Uh mm-hmm.
0: it is true. Son of the Hmm. Yes, I have not done a deep study of this, um, I must say, and it is another study. So I think we will we will leave it for another study. But since Almighty says it, yeah, what yeah, is uh, it? That's
3: what I was trying to say. In Pashiach and Prophets, and Givai is quite clear yeah. that, that it is unbelieving exactly. sons and it is believing daughters. Yeah. But if you go to clever people around in this world, they can have many funny ideas. Exactly. This world. They can make it angels
0: being together with humans, and I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Anyway, the daughters of men were the descendants of Cain, and these people were separate for a while. And writes that they were separate because they knew the 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 the, pe- the righteous people. They knew that they, if they mingled, they would apostatize as well. They got this information. But you know, again. Bad things look good. Isn't that true? Bad things lo- look good. And the daughters of men, they looked extremely good. And that's how the, the apostasy happened. If we go to, to um, First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we get the real identity of Satan. We get, you know, the, the, the Bible, the devil doesn't like the Bible, and there's a, a very good reason for that. The Bible totally unmasks the devil. The Bible un- unmasks the devil's agenda, the devil's motives, and everything. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And it says here, this is Peter writing... It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. <coughs> now let me ask you a question. This is an easy question. I only ask easy questions, because then I can also answer them myself. The devil is a roaring lion. If you, go, if you were to go to Africa, and you were going out in the jungle, and for some reason you forgot your gun... And you are all by yourself, okay? And then you met a roaring lion. What would you say about your situation?
1: Could I be a nice meal for
0: him? You'd be in trouble, right? Is that true? You would be in trouble. Why would you be in trouble? Because a roaring lion is dangerous, of course. And it's hungry too. Yeah, that's true. And even more dancers
2: are in the trees. They
0: are called man-eaters. Yeah. Yeah, you know more about lions than I do. I can hear. But
2: the devil can do
0: the Yeah. That's true. The thing is, the Bible, what the Bible really wants to, to, to tell us here is that the devil wants to kill you. He wants you dead. And that is, that is his motive. That is what he wants, especially with us who are calling ourselves Christians because we are destroying his kingdom. So the more he can destroy us, the better it is. Okay? Okay. So this is these were some thoughts of mine, or hopefully some thoughts from the Bible. And now we will talk for 2 minutes about the reason for our existence because this I thought this was also very important for us to think about when we talk about Christian recreation. Man, I'm not I'm not sure that you're going to to <coughs> To be so happy with my presentation, but we'll see. God God is merciful. Maybe He will work on your hearts. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, and then we'll read verse 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 43. Verse 6 and 7. Let's see. Yeah. Actually, we'll read from verse 5. Let's do that. Let's read from verse 5. It says, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the end of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yeah, I have made him. So why are we created? From this text, what is the reason? Sorry? For his glory. We are created for his glory. You know, I used to think that my goal in life was to be saved and get to heaven I thought that was my goal maybe you have had the same thought but no my friends that's not our goal our goal is to bring glory to God I don't know how many of you remember the story of Moses when the Israelites were getting on his nerves for 40 years in the wilderness and in the end God he said to Moses listen Moses I'm paraphrasing now listen Moses I will destroy these people and I will make a great nation of you do you think Moses here was tempted to say yeah man that actually sounds like a good idea I mean I have I have good genes I must assume because I'm the most patient man on the earth okay so my descendants they'll probably be nice people do you think that was what he said do you remember what he said he said if it is not possible then if you have to do it then erase my name from the book of life that is what he said Erase my, erase my name. Because if you destroy the Israelites, it will bring dishonor to your name. And I would rather die, and I would rather be lost than bringing dishonor to your name. Moses' goal was not to be saved. Moses' goal was to bring glory to God. And that should be also our goal, because that's why we are created. Um, let's see. We'll go to... Yeah, I'll, I just have to stress this point. First 1 Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Let's see. Now, where am I? No, 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 sorry, it's Ephesians chapter 2. I'm sorry, I'm confusing you here. I'm confusing myself too. It was
3: good,
0: it was good yes, yes, but it's for another study. Maybe we'll take that in the break. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, I cannot find it in this Bible. This is an end time version, by the way. You see, it's, it's, uh, the Catholics won't find me with this one. Anyway, this is, this is even waterproof. You know, if I don't, if I am too late in the morning, I can read in the shower. Okay, Ephesians chapter two, verse number ten. It says here, "For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them." Why are we created? Based on this verse, can you answer that question? Why are we created? To do good works. To the good works. Okay. With, I thought we were created for His glory.
3: Purpose.
0: Yes, that's true. Let's go and see. In um, Matthew chapter 5. This is a well-known text. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. 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 That's good. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So why will other people glorify God in heaven when they see us? Based on this text. Because of our good works. We are created for our good works, to do good works, and our good works will bring glory to God. Do you see? This is an ABC logic. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. That's that's the that's the, the that's the the, the thing ab- around these two verses. We're created to do good works, and the good the reason why we're created to good, do good works is because our good works will bring glory to God. Is that clear from these two verses? Okay. Yes. So why am I talking about all this when we are actually going to talk about Christian recreation well there is an obvious reason and that is that if if we do something now let me, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way everything that will not bring glory to God even different types of recreation is that something a Christian should do sorry yes okay if there is something that does not bring glory to God we know that it doesn't we know it based on the Bible we know it based on the spirit of prophecy is that something a Christian should do then you can try yes God has given us all a uh, free will the
1: idea
0: but you can also you can also go to what God has already w- revealed plainly and if he says listen my friend if you want happiness and if you want the best for yourself there are certain things that you shouldn't do and if you have that and you read it I would say there's no reason to try because God has already <coughs> revealed what he what he wants and if we try then why do we actually try I think that that is my position at least but anyway Why should we talk about recreation? Recreation is everything that happens when we're not working, eating, or sleeping. When we need to have time off, okay, we need rest, we need recreation. Recreation means to build up again. So why why is it important to talk about this? And uh, the Bible is very clear that it is very important to talk about it. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 16, and you will see why. Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 49 how's time looking? do any of you know when we're going to end?
1: Uh, you, there's watch.
0: oh there's a watch <laughs> yeah but I have watch there but I don't have a commit. okay we have one hour that's, that's, that's great
3: what
0: part of this was it? it was um, Ezekiel chapter 16 I'm talking too much I need to get going Ezekiel chapter sixteen, verse forty-nine and fifty, and there we can read about. Did you all get it? By the way, good. Ezekiel chapter sixteen, verse uh, um, verse number forty-nine and fifty. Here, Ezekiel is talking about Sodom. Do you all know what happened to Sodom? Okay, that's good. It says, Behold, now Ezekiel, or rather God, but through Ezekiel, is trying to explain why things went so badly wrong with Sodom. And here we read the reason Behold, this was the iniquity of our sister Sodom, pride fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. God, he says here, the problem in Sodom was that people had too much time. Abundance of idleness. They had too much time. And they didn't use that time for something good, did they? Do you remember what they did? Do you remember what, they, what happened when the, the two angels came? What did they want to do with the two angels? Maybe we shouldn't mention it. But you all remember that. The people in Sodom were exceedingly ungodly. Okay? And the reason why, one of the reasons why, was because they had too much time. It was easy to survive in Sodom. And why she writes what happened. The, 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 the country was rich and with a, l- with a minimal amount of effort you could supply your needs and you could use all the rest of your time for fun and that's what they did and that's why things were so extremely bad and why she makes a comment she makes a general warning when she speaks about these things in patriarchs and profits, and I'm going to read it to you here if I can get it on the screen can you all see it? good it says ellen white she says i'm going to use a number of ellen white quotes i'm not apologizing for that i'm just informing you ellen white comment she comments on this and she says idleness is the greatest curse that can fall upon man for vice and crime follow in its train it enfeebles the mind perverts the understanding and debases the soul satan lies in ambush ready to destroy those who are unguarded whose leisure gives him opportunity to insinuate himself under some attractive disguise he is never more successful than when he comes to men in their idle hours okay th- this is this is an this is an important warning if the bi- if, if the devil would like to get you when do you think he would attack you when you have nothing else to do when you have time for his temptations when you have time for his temptations he will come with them when did David commit his biggest sin do you remember that with Bathsheba it was when he had nothing to do he had sent the army away he was on the pinnacle of his reign he could live in his palace and he was having a good time and he was off his guard because he had so much time in what writes, that was the reason. One of the reasons, of course. It was not an excuse. But he had too much time, and the devil improved his opportunity. And this is why it is important that we talk about what we do in our idle hours. This is what Inmati says. She says here in, uh, in Patriarchs and Prophets also. She says, the life of toil and care. She's uh, talking about the curse that God he gave Adam when he said from now on you're going to work hard you're going to, to uh, sweat you're going to till the soil she says the life of toil and care which was henceforth to be, man's appoint, uh, to be man's lot was appointed in love it was a discipline rendered needful by his sin to place a check upon the indulgence of appetite and passion to develop habits of self-control it was part of God's great plan of man's recovery from the ruin and degradation of sin. Why did God give us so much to do? Why did he make life a little bit difficult for us sometimes? Do you understand why now? It was because he would like to, to minimize our opportunity for the devil to come and tempt us. This is why he has given us a lot of work to do. From this, we might conclude that if this is true, then the best thing would be to work constantly, right? Um, Is that true? No. No? Okay. This is, it's not true. You're correct. And the reason, I, I want to be balanced on this subject. So, Jesus, he actually gives us a command to rest, Let's go to to uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter number 6 and verse 31 and 32. If you're there say amen. Good. 31 and 32. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourself apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. The disciples had just completed their first mission trip. And when they came back, they were tired, but they had no time for rest. So God says, you need rest. So while it is true that a lot of leisure time gives the devil opportunity. It is also true that rest is essential. And and why she explains a little bit why Jesus says as he does. It says though Jesus could work miracles and had empowered his disciples to work miracles, he directed his worn servants to go apart into the country and rest. When he said that the harvest was great and the laborers were few, he did not urge upon him, his disciples the necessity of ceaseless toil, but said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So, the solution to the great work that we have as Christians to bring the gospel to the world is not to work ceaselessly. I know some people who work ceaselessly and i can just see it is not healthy she says the solution is not to work forever but it is to pray and what kind of prayer, prayer should you pray
3: for more strength so you can work
0: enough yeah but no, 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 no. to be to be exact <laughs>
3: yeah, you should pray for more
0: workers more workers What happens when a certain amount of work gets distributed to a larger amount of workers? What happens to each? This is simple mathematics, friends. Each gets less. less. Okay, I remember I used to work in uh, in the printing press of my father in Denmark. And um, in, in 2006, we were doing the Swedish lesson, actually. The Swedish study lesson. And it was about the Holy Spirit. And we had, unfortunately, and we were very busy in those days... We had some, uh, some workers who were anti Trinitarians. Do you know what that is? They, were. they did not believe in the Godhead. They did not believe that God, that, this, that there were three persons, you know. They thought, you know, that Jesus was created and all that. And this Swedish study lesson, which is not Swedish but it's worldwide, but this was in the Swedish language, it of course explains an opposite belief, an opposite view, which is the official view of the Seventh day Adventist Church. And you know what these people? They said, "We're not going to do this. We're not going to to uh, to do this magazine for you." What do you think happened to the rest of us?
3: We had to work
0: more. We had to work more, of course, because fewer workers. So we had to work more. Okay. So the thing is, God says you have to pray that. God will send out more workers. If God tells you to pray a specific prayer, do you think he will answer it also? Of course he will do that if we pray. That's why he's telling us to pray. Okay. It is now quarter past. Let's take a five-minute break. Is that okay? Five-minute break before we go on. Because we need some, some, uh, some oxygen in here. I feel the carbon dioxide level is going up. So you can take some water and you can rest... But take care, for, take care how you use your leisure time, though. Let's see here. By God's grace, we go forward. Okay, now we have looked at why, it is, why leisure time is a risky business and why we need to be aware of, of the fact, and we have also talked about why it is important for us to get rest. And I'm going to skip some things, but we will go to the really important stuff right now. Ellen White, she gives us some general counsel for what, for how we should conduct, some general principles, how we should conduct our recreation. And it's right there. You can read it, and I'll read it aloud. It is the privilege and duty of Christians to seek to refresh their spirits and invigorate their bodies by innocent recreation. There we have the duty part. Can you see that? It is a duty. You have to do it sometimes. By innocent recreation, with the purpose of using their physical, mental, and mental powers to the glory of God. Okay? Is this just perfectly harmonizing with what we have been talking about so far? We have to bring glory to God, whatever we do, and of course, that also includes our recreation. And then we read the next quote. It says, We can and should conduct our recreation in such a manner that that we shall be better fitted for the more successful discharge of the duties devolving upon us. And our influence will be more beneficial upon those with whom we associate. We can return from such occasions to our homes, improved in mind and refreshed in body, and prepare to engage in the work anew with better hope and better courage. The point that N. White wants to make here is that the idea behind our recreation should be to refresh us so that we can do our daily duties in a better way. Okay, This is, this is her point, and she makes this point several times. I only incu- included one cl- quote. Now let me give you an example. I study in the university in Denmark, and my colleagues, my dear colleagues, I'm studying medicine, and these people, they're studying medicine, but it's amazing how much alcohol they consume, even though we are told repeatedly how unhealthy it is. But, yeah, anyway. But they, what happens in the weekends normally is that they go out and have party in the weekends. And they drink until early Sunday morning, and then they go home, and they use the rest of the Sunday to to try to combat their, their migraines, okay, and then they get up, some of them, and sometimes they get up to school on Monday. What do you think their recreation uh, does for their uh, academic performance? Does it make them more successful in their daily duties? Do you think so? Not. I can testify that it doesn't, okay, these, peop- these poor people. They, are, they, are, they look like they have been through World War I and World War II and the Vietnam War when they show up on Monday. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a little bit sad, but my point is just that you have to do recreation that will m- make you able to more successfully discharge your daily duties. Now, some of us may ask, why do we have to focus on our daily duties? I don't know about you, but sometimes I think my daily duties are dull duties. I think it's just a a burden, sometimes, my daily duties. Why should I focus on the daily duties? I mean, many people, they live for their free time. Work is just something that they have to get done in order to survive. And then their holidays and their recreation, this is the time when they will enjoy life. But here it says that our focus should actually be on making us able to do our daily duties more successfully. And this is the reason. Let's see what Almighty has to say about this. Now, this is only true if your daily duties are also the work that God has assigned for you. And it might not be. Maybe you're doing things that God would not have you to do. I don't know about that. But anyway, how to find out how how to, to know God's will for your life is another study that we will have another time maybe. But it says here God gives to every man his work Each has his place in the eternal plan of salvation Each is to work in cooperation with Christ For the salvation of souls Not more surely is the place prepared for us In the heavenly mansions Than is the special place designated on earth Where we are to work for God The point here is simple my friends you, the, God knows exactly where you live And he knows exactly what you're doing and he has a work for you to do that only you can do do you understand? he has a work for each one of us in his work and this is the work we have to focus on this is our daily duties do you understand now why we should use our recreation to be more successful in the daily duties because we need to advance his cause, and we all have a role to play you might say "Okay, well I'll just keep sitting in the congregation and let the preachers preach I don't have that gift no, my friends, that's, that's not how it works. God has given every person a work to do. And we have to think about that. And that's why we have to use our time wisely, so that we can be better prepared. Now comes the most interesting quote that I have found. This is the most interesting quote. And if you forget everything else from what I said... Please don't forget this one. Because many times we think, okay, this recreation, this, that recreation, how do we know what God likes, what God doesn't like? How do we know what will make us more able to perform our daily duties? How do we know? Now this is how we know. It says here, Christians have many sources of happiness at their command, and they may tell with unerring accuracy what pleasures are lawful and right. Right? unerring accuracy it means accuracy that will never be mistaken so here we have a test that we can apply will this test ever fail no it will never fail if we use this test oh that that sounds promising doesn't it now this is the test they may enjoy such recreations as will not dissipate the mind or debase the soul such as will not disappoint and leave a sad after influence to destroy self-respect and bar the way to usefulness there's a lot of stuff in this and we cannot take it i focused on what i've put out in blue here if they can take jesus with them and maintain a prayerful spirit they are perfectly safe what does it mean to take jesus with you well i think it means exactly what it says you need to have Jesus by your side and Jesus will not go anywhere Jesus will only go places where his, places that are compatible with his character Okay, and how do we know Christ's character we know that from the Gospels we can read about Jesus was Jesus ever selfish did Jesus ever think about himself what, do, what, what would you say have you read anywhere in the Bible where it says that Jesus is selfish? Or where you can see that he was acted out of a selfish motive? Yeah. No, that's not the case. Jesus was always unselfish. It says, I just found, found a quote just to prove that. This is um, Jesus on the cross. Yeah, I'm coming to that. Okay. I, because it will repeat itself later. It's not something I have made up, trust me. Okay. <laughs> it says, with amazement, the angels beheld the infinite love of Jesus, who, suffering the most intense agony of my bodies when he went across, thought only of others. Jesus' life was one long life of unselfishness. Do you think Jesus will go with you to places where everything is, bu- is about self? Do you think he will do that? He won't. Did Jesus ever take advantage of other people's weaknesses? Did he ever do that? Did he ever exploit someone? The answer is no. Desire of Ages, page 689. The weakness of his disciples awakened the sympathy of Jesus. This is when, this is when Jesus was in Gethsemane, and the disciples were supposed to pray for him. And when he needed the most, they slept. And when he came to them, this is what N.Y. comments. The weakness of his disciples awakened the sympathy of Jesus. He feared that they would not be able to endure the test which would come upon them in his betrayal and death. He did not reprove them, but said, watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Even in his great agony, he was seeking to excuse their weakness. Did Jesus exploit the disciples' weakness? He excused their weakness. This is what he has done with us all along. And I'm happy that he has excused my weaknesses, because otherwise I would be in trouble. So that means, my friends, that if we go to places that is all about selfishness, or if we go to places that are all about exploiting someone's weakness, okay? if you think about it, there's quite a lot of games where the, 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 whole, the whole motive is to exploit somebody's weakness, exploit other people's weakness. When you're, when you're competing with someone, you want to beat them. You want to exploit that they are slower than you or, or more stupid than you. Isn't that so? Isn't that, isn't that the, 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 the... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking here. Okay. Mm. Let me give you a, maybe an, an mm-hmm. example we'll do. Now, I, I once I was at a football match in Norway and uh, I used to be a football fanatic. I tell you, if you think you're a fanatics, football, some of you... I, I can nearly guarantee that I, I was more fanatic than you. I was really fanatic about, about football. I really loved it. And I was at a, a, a camp meeting in Norway, and we were playing football. For some strange reason, I cannot remember the, what the preacher said, but I remember the football match. And one time, I was, oh yeah, I have to, actually I have to read the last part before I can tell you this. Yes, sorry, I'll just continue with the story, because I just see that I need the last part. You see, the first part we just read, the last part is coming now. Any amusement that you can engage asking the blessing of God upon it in faith will not be dangerous, but any amusement which disqualifies you for secret prayer, for devotion at the altar of prayer, or for taking part for prayer meeting is not safe, but dangerous. So uh, here I was, we were playing football, and it was one of those matches where it was really, really, really intense. And it was one of those matches it could rain, it could storm, there could be thunder and lightning, and we wouldn't care, because... The ball was in focus, and uh, I was I was running I was chasing a ball, and another guy from the opposite team was doing the same, and I reached the ball a little bit before this guy, of course. But he didn't he didn't seem to care about that too much. He was going to strike, and he just kicked, and he didn't, of course, hit the ball because I had that ball. He hit my foot instead. So I tell you, it was painful. And, and I just fell down I could not I, I, for days I had, I, had, uh, I had pain in my foot after that the guy didn't, he didn't sense anything he just, he just went as if nothing had happened and there I was laying until I could get myself out of the field you know my friends at that point I tell you I was disqualified for secret prayer do you think I was praying God forgive him for he knows not what he's doing do you think that's what I prayed no way no way my friends I tell you I was thinking thoughts about this guy but I will not share them with you because it will not be edifying can you see I was disqualified for secret prayer so that recreation for me was not good I had to conclude that later now am I I saying that all of you would react the same way that I reacted no that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying that if you were playing the way I was playing with the same motives that I was using maybe you would have reacted the same way but I don't know about that Maybe another example would do. Some uh, years ago in 2010, my brother and I, we were in Romania, where we were doing some meetings at a Pathfinder's camp, where we had a lot of teenagers there. And we had a really blessed time, we were doing the morning and evening worships. And um, it was nice, and one afternoon they decided to make a football tournament. And all the guys, you know, they got in foot- in, you know in Romania. Can you imagine how, how, how fun people are of football in Romania? I think they, they even like football more in Romania than, than in than in Scandinavia. I cannot prove that, but it l- really looked very much so. So these these guys, you know, they were making teams and they were starting to play and and the girls, you know, they were they were just, you know, around the, 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 the field and you know cheering very, very loud. And it was an atmosphere was created that would make any guy, you know, do his uttermost. And so they started to play, and the, 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 the game grew more and more evil. It grew more and more intensive, and they, they were harder and harder on each other. Now, at this point, I didn't join, and my brother didn't either because we had other things to do, but we just heard how things were getting it was, it was getting darker. and in fact, it was getting so bad that that um, after the, the the winning team. When they went to supper after that, everybody was booing at them on the table, around the tables. Everybody was booing at them. And it got so bad, actually, that the leader of the camp, he went up and he said, this is the last time there's going to be a tournament in, in, in while I'm doing camps. I'm not going to allow that. He was not popular after that, you can be sure. But can you imagine that the same evening we had to stand up and we had to speak from the bible how do you, how easy do you think that was speaking about daniel from the book of daniel how he was faithful in everything do you think that was easy do you think they were do you think they were in a mood to be attentive to truth what do you think i tell you it was difficult these people had a hard time learning about god when they were thinking about soccer and i could just see that they were disqualified for everything, They were disqualified for secret, secret prayer and disqualified for, for all these other things. So, the general rules, that I, the general ideas that I want to leave with you is that can you take Jesus with you and can you maintain a spirit of secret prayer? Then it is safe. If you're disqualified, and you know with yourself if you're disqualified, if you're disqualified for secret prayer, it is not safe for you to do what you're doing. Okay, let's go on. Now these are some general uh, general counsels, and Enright is also specific about specific things. And um, these quotes will not make me popular, but if Enright writes it, what can I do? Do you understand? Let's let's look at them. There are amusements such as dancing, card playing, chess, checkers, etc., which we cannot approve. Why? Because heaven condemns them. These amusements open the door for great evil. They are not beneficial in the tendency, but have an exciting influence, producing in some minds a passion for those plays which lead to gambling and dissipation. All such plays should be condemned by Christians, and something perfectly harmless should be substituted in their place. Now, some of us think, why... Does God want to forbid us something that is so extremely funny, so extremely exciting? Now, I have been playing some of these games. I have not been dancing, but I have been playing some games. And it is extremely exciting, especially when you win. It's not so fun when you lose. But why would God ask us to give them up? You see, we have to have... This is what we talked about in our first, in our first part. We have to understand. We have to believe what God says here is, Do not think that God wishes, you, wishes us to yield up everything which, which is for our happiness here to retain. All he requires us to give up is that which would not be for our good and happiness to retain. Do we believe that, friends? Do we believe this quote? When he requires us to give something up, it is because it, he knows it's not good for us, even though we like it. You see, this is where faith, this is where our faith determines everything. Everything. Do we believe that, or do we not believe that? If we don't believe that, we'll not act upon it. Okay. And maybe there's another reason. I'll I'll just I, I was I was alerted to this point when I read a book some years ago. Because I'll, I'm going to share another quote with you here, where she's coming with more specific counsel about what not to what not to, to practice when it comes to recreation. It says here, while we shun the false and artificial, discarding, horse racing, card playing, lotteries, prize fight, liquor drinking, and tobacco using, we must supply sources of pleasure that are pure and noble and elevating. Now, I have highlighted horse racing. How many of you know this guy? Have you ever heard of him? Okay, a few of you have heard of him. Roger Manuel, extremely interesting guy. I, I'm afraid he's dead now, but he... he uh, he used to write some very interesting books. I read one book where he's writing about his testimony. He was into spirit worship before he became an atheist. And uh, the, 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 the satanic priest tried to persuade him to commit 100% to the spirit belief okay, and the spirit worship. And uh, in order, to, in order to, 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 to attract him, he said that now you can ask whatever you like and the spirits will do it for you. Okay, this story is extremely interesting I, I, I clearly um, recommend that you read the book but don't read it a late night because sometimes it's scary so Roger Minohi was a young guy at that time he said yes sure and then he said please tell the spirits that I would like to when I go to bed I would like to dream all the results of the horse races in Montreal the results and then I can go next morning and I can bet on them and I can win well, very well, the satanic priest that that's okay. The very same night, Roger Minot had a vivid dream of the three horses that would win the horse race on, on Saturday. He went there on Saturday. he was totally inexperienced had never done it before, or only a few times, and he was, you know betting against these very experienced players. And uh, the first one was right. He, he won. The second one was right. he won. the third one, the horse. That he, was, that he should bet on according to the spirits it was, a very, it was an outsider so the odds were 21 to 1 you got your money 20 t- 21 times back if you bet it on that horse well he said since my first two uh, since the spirits are working for me the, f- the first two times I'll bet it so he bet a lot sum on this third horse nobody else did the horse came in first place and he could go and gather a large sum of money. Twenty-one times the, the sum he had invested. So he was thought, this is this is this is nice. And he, you know, began to use a lot of money and he did it. He did it for some weeks. In the end, the, the, the owner of the, the the field called him and said, What are you doing? I have not seen you before. I have not seen you. what is your training? How do you know? You play extremely well. Of course, Roger Mono didn't tell him what was happening. But it ended that the, the guy he said, listen. You are too expensive for me. You have to leave. But I can give you a list of other horse races so you can take money from them. The point I want to make here is that who had complete control, it seems, of these horse races? Who had complete control on the horse races? It was the spirits, right? The spirits had complete control. And they could decide who would win, and who would not win. Now, my friends, if the spirits have control over horse races, could it be that they have control over o- other competitions where people are also betting heavily? I'm just thinking. What do you think about that? If they have complete control and can control who will win, who will lose, who do you think determines the outcome of football games when it comes to, to the World Cup, or Olympic Games. I'm just thinking here. I think there's a reason why Ellen White she says, let's discard horse racing. Because she might know, she might have known what was what was wrong. Okay, now we have talked we have fifteen minutes le- fifteen minutes left and we have talked about some things that we should avoid when it comes to recreation. But I would not do justice to this subject if I would not tell you which things Ellen White warmly recommends that we do. Do you want to hear that? What does she warmly recommend? Because God does never... Do you remember what we read here? It says, both quotes, it says here, uh, we must supply sources of pleasure that are pure and noble and elevating. Every time you take something out, friends, we have to substitute it with something else. Because if there's a vacuum, the devil will will come back sooner or later. Do you remember what happened with with, uh, this woman... That had been, she had seven spirits. It says in, in Luke, but we'll not take time to go there. God he, God he, uh, Jesus, he said, the spirit, when it is thrown out of a person, it walks around through a lot of desert places and seeking rest but finding none. And what happens then? It, uh, do, you, do you know the verse? Have you re- read the verse before? It comes back, right, to the person and it sees everything is clean. But empty, and what happens then? The spirit goes right back, invites all the seven other friends and come back and the, w- the last thing is worse than the first if we need if we want to give something up, we have to substitute it with something harmless. okay This is a clear principle here same, th- same thing goes for food if you have to, if you want to stop eating pork, you have to substitute it if you want to stop eating meat, if you want to stop drinking milk, you have to. You have to substitute it with something. Otherwise, your, 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 your diet will grow impoverished. So, now we're going to see what we, have, what we can substitute it with. Now, it says here, There are modes of recreation which are highly beneficial to both mind and body. An enlightening, discriminating mind will find abundant means for entertainment and diversion from sources not only innocent, but instructive. Recreation in the open air, the contemplation of the works of God in nature, will be of highest benefit. Now, how much do you contemplate nature when you're engaged in a football match? (laughs) It's outside. It's out in the open air sometimes. But there's not too much uh, adoration of of God's uh, creation. So what we have to do is that we have to get outside and we have to. This is at least what MIT recommends: to contemplate the works of God. Have you ever done that? I mm-hmm. Are you doing that? I mean, in Sweden and Norway, you have enormous opportunity to 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 see God's work in nature. I'm just amazed of the nature that you have here in, in Sweden well, and in Norway. Europe is good as Sorry.
3: Mid
2: Europe
0: is, in mid-Europe is, in mid-Europe is also good. Mid Europe. I'll tell you a place that is not so good. It's the place where I live in the middle of a big city. Okay, there's only concrete. Oh, there's not only concrete. But you cannot see God's work. You can see man's work. Oh, there's a lot of that. But you cannot see God's work in nature. So, my friends, if we want to have recreation, I can tell you, I have done this myself, there's nothing quite as refreshing as a walk where you go and you think about how God has created this world. Through nature, you no. Know, ha- have you ever read that? in White she, she says that, that nature is God's second book. The Bible is our first book. Nature is our second book. If we contemplate nature, we can we get a blessing from God. Okay, there's another one. Even, yeah, this is a long one, but you have to bear with me. We'll not go into everything in this quote. The greatest benefit is not gained from exercise that is taken as play or exercise merely. There is some benefit derived from being in the fresh air and also from the exercise of the muscles. But let the same amount of energy be given to the performance of helpful duties, and the benefit will be greater, and a feeling of satisfaction will be realized, for such exercise carries with it the sense of helpfulness and the approval of conscience for duty well done. L.Y.G. has some enormous long sentences, but let's break it up here. Um, yeah, In the children and youth, an ambition should be awakened to take their exercise in doing something that would be beneficial to themselves and helpful to others. The exercise that develops mind and character, that teaches the hand to be useful and train the young to bear their share in life's burdens is that which gives physical strength and quickens every faculty. The performance of helpful duties, my friends. There is a blessing in helping others. Now, am I telling you... That when you have spent your whole day working and you are extremely tired, then you have to go home, get out to your neighbors and start working more helpful duties. Is that what I'm saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. You also need time for complete rest. But when you have time for recreation, this is a great way to be recreated. I tell you, just this this last day, I was visiting our grandparents and we went out. And there was a lot of snow that had just fallen. And we went out and we started to, to, uh, to remove the sn- snow from the, from the street. And then my, my brother, he got the idea, let's, let's do it for the other people as well. So we went to this widow and we did it outside her home. She came out and I tell you what, it looked like we had given her a million dollars. She, 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 she could not find words for her, for her appreciation. You know, how, you know how we felt after that? Can you imagine how we felt? Do you think we felt good? Do you think we felt better than if we had stayed inside and played some some silly game? I tell you, it was a a good experience. And this is the the recommendation that that Elmachi gives us. Because it gives a sense of helpfulness and an approval of conscience. You know, my friends, when we talk about this conscience issue, many people today, they go around... I, I meet them every day. They go around and they have a bad conscience. You know, a bad conscience is really, really, really hard to carry around. I have tried it myself, I tell you. It is bad. It's sucking out the life. A good conscience, though, is, a very, is, is the best thing you can have. You can have a good conscience. You know, martyrs, they are people who would rather die than have a bad conscience. So they are serious about their conscience. And this will give us when we do this, we can think back and we can say, you know, I had this time that I used, and I used it wisely today. I did good for others. And therefore, I can have a good conscience. Now, what is the best way? I didn't include this quote here. But the, the best the best way you can help people, of course, is to sh- give them the gospel. This is the best way to help. This is the most helpful duty you can ever do to a person. Now, that does not mean that you have to pr- to to preach to them necessarily it doesn't mean that but to help them with the, with the object of being able to share the gospel with them I tell you if you do that for your recreation this will be a blessing to you believe me it will be a blessing and this is not because I'm necessarily an expert in this no, no way I'm just starting to learn but when God says it I, 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 I suspect that it's true Okay, we ha- we, we're going to, to finish a little bit earlier than, than, I, than I, I thought we would. But I just want to leave this last thought with you before we'll, I have some questions for you that you can answer because then I can see how, how well I, I w- was able to explain myself. When we talk about recreation, this is a practical thing, okay? And when we talk about practical things, it is always easy to see problems, to see what other people are doing wrong am I the only person who has this problem no ok that was that was that was not good actually but but yeah it is so easy for us to see oh look he is wasting his time oh she is, she is not doing what she should do oh she she should have used her time better oh yeah you know you, could, you can do that and that's why I would say this workshop is n- I have not prepared this workshop for us to go out and look at other people, what they have been doing. I'm not going to look at what you are doing, because you have you have your own connection with your master. You know, there is a a, a a guy you might know him. His name is Walter Fite. How many of you know Walter Fite? How can it be that there are always so many people who know Walter Fite? Anyway, what? Has so good lecture. He he is very interesting to listen to. That's no doubt. Yeah, that's 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 true as well, but you know, what a fight! He said something very important. He said something very interesting once. He said, you know, there was a question. The guy asked him, "What a fight! Are you a conservative or are you a liberal?" And you know what he said? He said, "You know, I see myself as a liberal conservative because I am liberal towards others." and conservative towards myself. I think this is a I think this is a good concept. Let's be conservative towards ourselves and guide our own walk with the Lord and the other people we let we give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay? If if they don't know better God will show them. Maybe he will use us to show them. But let's concentrate of our own walk because we are not saved in groups we are saved individually. So this was my my thought I have one question here can you answer this question based on what you have said I've made them yeah I don't know I don't know if I made them too easy why are we created for the glory of God oh you're listening that's nice you're not sleeping why is it important to consider what we do in our free time Because that's the, the the prime time of the devil's attacks. Exactly. What shall we do when we realize that the harvest is great but the laborers are few? Work ceaselessly. No. We should pray for more workers. Is that a prayer God will hear? Absolutely. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Oh, this is a good one. What is the unearned text test that determines whether crea- recreation is beneficial or dangerous? Now I'm I'm excited if you can answer this one. We
1: have uh what is
0: saying, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Yes? This is a question I always ask you when I want to do something and uh-huh. I have doubts if good or bad. Okay, yes. How do you know what Jesus would have done? Uh, I look at his life. Okay, where do you look at his life? That he was selfish Yes. Yes. He yes. Yes. I learned from time,
1: from yes. Exactly.
0: Okay. Yes. The, the second one was secret prayer. If you don't feel like praying, you're probably mm, I don't know. Maybe you should think about what you're doing in extra time. Okay. So the one was can you take Jesus with you? The other one was are you disqualified for secret prayer if you're doing this? And the last one. What shall we do if we decide to get rid of a harmful recreation from our life? Did you did you understand the question? Or did I Okay. What should we do? We replace it with something perfectly harmless. Okay. What happens if we don't do that? the new
2: one. for the one.
0: Yes? Okay, be a little bit more specific. What will happen if we don't do if we just get rid of something but don't replace it with something else
2: we'll get worse oh, yeah
0: eventually the devil will come back with his fine-tuned temptations and will will we be better off or the same or worse than before worse, worse than before okay that is nice well you have been I, I, I want to thank you for your, your, your attentive spirit yeah one question
2: yeah uh, it's a good question it's just a rule which I have found and many times said to many people about when we have you kind know, of we are thinking like anything. Uh-huh. But let's say this is often like our close or our habits or anything. Uh-huh. We are thinking we're kind of like unsure about it. Thinking like maybe I should leave this out, maybe this is not from uh-huh. But one good rule is say to God that if it's not from you, make me feel so that I surely want to leave it. And not don't leave it before God makes you feel so but don't give don't take the attitude that Okay, even if God makes me feel bad, I won't leave it. to exactly. saying that God uh, make me, let me surely know that I should leave it. Yes. And if you have to, sh- I will surely leave it. If God tells, God will tell, and you hmm. will be in the end, you will be burning that. Okay, mm-hmm. I will leave this.
0: Mm-hmm. But you see, yes, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But the reason why I like this unerring test is because this test is not about feeling. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not about feeling. It's what what would Jesus have done. And what do you do when you have to find out what Jesus has done? Do you consult your feelings? I feel that Jesus would probably have liked this. Is that what you do? No. You go to the foundation and you find out what would Jesus have done. Okay? So it's not about feeling. What about prayer? When you, when you cannot pray, you know, then you know that it's not. Of course, you can say that that is, that is a feeling that you have. But, of course, if you if you are disqualified your secret for secret prayer the thought of prayer will not enter into your mind and you will see that afterwards and that's not a feeling that's a realization oh man I'm, I was doing something there that I should not do do you see that? okay any more questions? I have a question yes um, I I've gotten into many situations with friends mm mm-hmm. um, I see your I see your point well mm, I don't know I I promised that you could ask questions but I didn't promise that I could answer them (laughs) but uh (coughs) let me say this let me say this maybe maybe other people have a better answer but this is this would be my answer you know if if Jesus why would why did Jesus go to parties he went to parties in order to be an influence on people okay to be a good influence on people to save people that's that's his motiva- all his all his, his, his deeds had this on uh, motivation. Now, if you go to a party and everybody is drunk, how much will they remember of your preaching the next day? They remember. You know, I've have, I've have t- I've seen this. The people, a friend of mine he, who used to drink but now has stopped an Adventist where in the city I'm living. He said, you know, it's strange. In Denmark, religion is really a taboo. I mean, if you mention God in the public area, people will think you are. Whoa. This, this guy is probably a Jehovah's Witness. Okay? So, so there's really a taboo around, around the, 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 the Christianity. But it is amazing, he says, that every time people get drunk, this is his words, not mine, every time people get drunk, they start to talk about God. And I, I didn't believe that in the beginning, but he said that's true. Every time they get drunk, they start to to, to talk about God and, and, and biblical things. Okay? This was his experience. Now, how much influence does that talk have on these people's religious experience? Does it have an influence? It must be a very limited one because they don't, they they are not. There are many people who will convert when they are drunk, and when they are not drunk anymore, they have forgotten their conversion. Okay. So I think uh, what I would say is that if I go to parties and everybody is drunk, Jesus would not go because it would have been useless. You see that? Of course if there will be some people who will not be drunk I would go but maybe I would say well if we want to talk maybe we should go get out of here because it's very noisy if there's music you know I think did, did you have another did yeah, you have something I to think add to that, that uh, we, we
1: discussed some friends about this you know like uh, when you try to be an influence mm-hmm. and, uh, your classmates your friends mm-hmm. are inviting you to some place where you know they're going to smoke drink music whatever Yeah well, I might be an influence for them. You know, I might show them how they can have fun. Mm-hmm. This is a tricky part that the devil comes with you. you know, like you should go there and be an example, but you should be very careful that you actually feel yourself that you are strong enough mm-hmm. to resist the temptation mm-hmm. and not to get around them you know, yeah. to do what they do. This is true. Doing what they do. This is true. So you have to be very careful when you decide to go and mm. with your friends in the places. You know.
0: Yeah. 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 Who was first? I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah?
3: You might say that if they were interested in spiritual things, then um, they could visit you at your house. Because I I have heard the argument that people um, cannot come directly to church, with to your divine service, but still you you can meet with them and talk with them Mm -hmm. on a mutual form. so you don't have to come where they are.
1: Well, actually, I had an experience like that when I first, uh, my first year of college, uh, they didn't know me, you know, so we went someplace for a party, a friend's house, big house, and I said, okay, I'll go with them, Mm -hmm. and I'll do my thing, you know, and Mm -hmm. they saw that I was different, and uh, they came and asked me, why don't you drink, why don't you dance, why don't you do this and that? And uh, from like 20 people around there, four or five were really interested in uh, what I was saying about yeah. my religion and my beliefs and why do I look uh, destruction in some other places and mm. some other things to do. Mm. And so they found out about me, and, and then some people were interested to find out more. Mm. There was, was a good thing. Yeah. Overall, well, I think when people are, if
2: they are interested in a Bible, you need to kind of. You don't let them go if they don't want to go, but of course you don't force yourself onto them or anything the Bible. But don't let go those people are interested. Yeah. Like, okay, he was interested, sure. Mm. Who was he? Very exactly. Okay.
3: Yeah. You have a thought? I'm, I'm just um, thinking that what, what is your motive for going? Yeah. If there is any slight idea that you, you are going because you want to enjoy yourself. I think it is a dangerous uh, way of going mm. a party like that. Mm. But if there is a real meaning in going because you you, you need to be there for another person for some reason, mm. then maybe there are circumstances where you should go. Mm. Uh, but what is the motive from within you, why are you going? Yeah. If you are going because you are going to have a fun time, I think you should not go in a place where the fun is, is, yeah. is not the right
0: yeah. Exactly.
3: the rule of prayer and
0: Jesus yes exactly ok friends we have 5 minutes over time if you want to get some lunch and I also want to get some lunch but it's we can finish now let's finish with a word of prayer shall we do that <coughs> dear father in heaven we thank you that we have been able to to look at important issues today and we thank you that that you have been with us we feel that you your your spirit is near i want to pray for all these people that have that have come here i want to to lift them up in front of you and and ask you to protect them and to guide them dear father if i've said anything here that has not been to your glory i pray that you will forgive me i pray that that uh, that you will not let that mistake destroy their lives i pray that that you will help us all to get a better understanding of this issue i thank you that we can trust you anytime that you want our best always and that you will also give us wisdom and guidance to act in, spe- in specific situations when it comes to recreation we thank you for this and we thank you for this conference and we pray that you will be w- you'll be with us and with all the rest of the people here this we are thankful for in jesus name amen